Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 13th episode of the Believe in the Long Run podcast series. I'm your host, Dom Santina, and we'd like to once again thank our guest from last week, Coach Andy Place, my high school coach from Boyne City High School, who spent 33 years as a head cross-country coach and has now decided to step down and become an assistant part-time coach with the Boyne City Track Program. You can go check out that episode that aired last week. came out last Thursday. Looks like this week we should be on schedule to get this back, this episode back on track with coming out on Wednesdays, which will be May 20th. Once again, we want to hit our social media, kind of keep promoting that. You can find us at on Instagram at Believe in the Long Run or on Twitter at the Long Run 5. Make sure if you're there to like, share, and comment any questions or concerns you may have or maybe some suggestions for people you'd like to see on the podcast or topics that we could talk about here on the podcast. While you're also there, don't be afraid to go check out previous episodes. You can find them on all your favorite podcast platforms, such as Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, and of course, Believe.com. We are going to move into our warm-up session of the podcast. This is kind of our intro session if you're a first-time listener, and usually we use this to preview upcoming road races, but we are going to preview virtual races that you can do on your own. may start to sound a little repetitive, but not too many new ones that I've seen really pop up that have intrigued my interest. Of course, we have the Hood to Coast Virtual Race Series. That features the Movement 5K, 10K, or Half Marathon, three different distances that you can choose there to explore or run if you're a 5k person there's that available or if you like running half marathons you have that choice as well and of course in the middle you have the 10k it runs from may 1st to june 3rd so we're about halfway through the registration period and you can join the likes of jordan hasse in participating you can find the information on her social media and if I ever get enough time and remember I will put it on our Instagram and Twitter as well I'm sorry I know I've said that in the last two episodes that I would get it up on our social media and I've just plain forgotten, so apologies there. There's one thing that we've hit on for about almost two months now that's still continuing. You'd be a little bit behind, but you could still have time to enter. That is the Desi Linden Step Challenge through Fitness Bank. It gives you a chance to win a free pair of Brooks running shoes or entry to any race all year long thanks to Des Linden. And, of course, a signed poster. Those are many of the prizes that are available. The contest ends at May 31st, so you still have about two weeks left to register, and they can pull your steps from the previous month period. If you are not interested in either of those two or would like to find some more, you can always visit virtualrunning.com. And there's other websites out there as well, but this is just one that I found 
that offers a wide variety of races, and they're all virtual, so you can sign up, keep motivated, and get out there, continue to work on your skills at certain distances, whether it's a mile, two mile, 5K, 10K, half marathon, or marathon. And with that being said, we're going to move into some news. This news really excites me as a young runner just fresh out of college. The USA Track and Field Association has added a master's, pre-master's age group for 25 to 29-year-old runners. The USATF Masters Track and Field post-college runners will now have the opportunity to continue competing on the national level even after they step off campus. This came four days ago on May 14th. The committee announced that it is now allowing a pre-Masters age group for runners aged 25 to 29 to compete in the USA Track and Field Masters meets. Runners in the age group are eligible to race starting at the 2020 USA Track and Field Masters Outdoor Championships, which are scheduled to kick off on July 9th in Greensboro, North Carolina. Moving forward, all runners 25 years and older will be eligible to compete in a Masters meets, and there are no qualifying standards necessary to hit in order to register. The runners will be will race against others who fall within their five-year age brackets. So there's age groups now from 25 to 29, 30 to 34, and so on as you move up the list. The interim chair, Jerry Buchanan-Heiner, said in a press release, We look forward to welcoming many new spectacular athletes to the Masters track and field circuit. And this was put out on runningworld.com. I am very intrigued by this. It may not be the fastest person, but it definitely gives me something now to kind of shoot for and maybe train for as hopes of getting to. Not saying I'd be in the front, but it would be something interesting and piques my interest to keep my training level up and maybe take my training to a new level. It's definitely, I think they've hit a key age group right here, and I think the committee's doing a really, really good thing by keeping some of the younger runners in the sport and giving them something competitive to shoot for. And I look forward to seeing how this goes and. I have three years as we stand right now to try to train to get into that top level. So we'll see what happens, but it's definitely on my radar now. And the one thing that kind of I pose a question to now is they've done it for track and field. Will we see this happen along with the Masters group in road races? Because you see a lot of the Masters in marathons and stuff. We'll have to see if they decide to add this group eventually into the road running competitions as well which I think would be another good step to keep young people competitive and give them something to shoot for and keep that competitive age going. But a very good step, in my mind, by the USA Track and Field Association and the Masters Track and Field of that USA Track and Field branch. Props to them. I'm excited for it. We'll see. I don't know how competitive I would be in it, but it would definitely be something fun to try to shoot for. So, Definitely going to put that on my radar looking forward. Like I said, I still have three more years, but it would be something cool to see. And our new guest this week is has kind of a personal connection. I watched her run when she was in high school. She went to a rival high school of mine up here in northern lower Michigan. She was a year ahead of me, but that doesn't. I still remember going to track meets and cross-country meets and seeing her up front with the likes of a lot of Big Ten talent from our region. So with that being said, we'd like to welcome Kayla Keene to the podcast. We're going to give you some of her credentials 
She'll join us in just a second, but we're going to run down what she has accomplished and why she is a fit to join the Believe in the Long Run list of guest appearances here on the podcast series so far. We'll start with her credentials in high school, and it is pretty lengthy. We're going to start on the cross-country side while she was at East Jordan High School as I said, in northern lower Michigan, a Division three, sometimes Division four, in the Lake Michigan Conference, a rival to my Boyne City High School. She was named East Jordan's Most Valuable Runner in the 2011, 12, 12-13, and 14-15 seasons. All-conference honorable mention as a freshman, all-conference, sophomore, junior, and senior years. Three-time state qualifier, all-state academic, from 2012 to 2014, fifth place in the Division Four state finals. She definitely it bounced back and forth there for East Jordan. So while she was there, they did bump down to Division Four. But she also had a seventh place finish in the Division Three state finals. Now, if you're from Michigan, you may know of a few runners that she competed against. Three of them went to Michigan State. Two. One's graduated now, one is still currently running, and one no longer runs. The likes of Holly Bulla, Amber Way, and Annie Fuller. Annie Fuller becoming the biggest name out of those three. They were all in our region, so you had Kayla Keene, Amber Way, Holly Bulla, and Annie Fuller all together battling it out. So seventh place in that Division Three state finals with the likes of of those three other girls plus a few others that I'm sure I'm missing. But she also, on the track side, she held, she holds a school record for East Jordan for the mile at 5.06 and the two mile at 10.47. She holds a conference record for the Lake Michigan Conference in the two mile. She's an all-conference honorable mention in the two mile from 2011-12 season as long as all-conference in the 800, two seasons, two times all-conference, two times in the mile, and one time all-conference in the two-mile. She's a league scholar athlete. She was all-region, all-state, and the Division Three state champion her senior year. We'll talk a little bit about that in the podcast. That was a memorable moment that I remember in high school. I wasn't there, but I remember watching video and kind of remember the backstory of what led into that. She would end up taking first place in the two-mile at the Midwest Meet of Champions. Then she would sign to go to the University of Michigan, where she was a competing member of the 2016 Big Ten Outdoor Championship team and a member of the 2016 Big Ten Indoor Championship team. She received the U of M Academic Athletic Achievement Award in 2016-2017, and she was a member of the 2018 Big Ten Cross Country Championship team. And she was just honored as the get the host speaker or the event speaker, I guess you could say, of the athletic graduation ceremony. That was a pretty big honor. We'll give you a few of her times just to put her times in perspective for you. In the 3K in 2018, she ran her PR of 10.01. Her 5K time, was, which was back to 2016, she ran 16.54. It's actually one second faster than mine. That was on a track. I think hers was, that might have been indoor, so it'll be interesting. I'll have to talk to her about that. 
She might have me by less than a second. Oh, there you go. So that was indoor. I was looking at her stats right now. Indoor, it's 1654. Outdoor, it's 1714. So on the outdoor track, I have her by quite a few seconds. Indoor, I never ran the 5K. So I don't know what my time would be there. Her 10K time outdoor was 36.17. So respectable times there for Kayla. Still had a very successful career at the University of Michigan. Not only running wise, but academic as well. And let's introduce Kayla Keene, University of Michigan cross country track runner and a former Northern Michigan athlete. Let's welcome Kayla to the podcast. How did running at East Jordan prepare you to run at Michigan? I think, first of all, it inspired me to really love running, which I think is the foremost important thing. If you're going to do anything super competitively, is you have to love it. And I think physically also, the terrain in northern Michigan and the weather, it's pretty tough. It's not, it's not like you're running on flat land the whole time. It's pretty hilly. You've got great courses that don't have good footing, and the weather is cold, so it really trains you to be tough and get through a lot of hard courses and hard training workouts. Yeah, I would totally agree with that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've run a lot of the same courses, so you definitely understand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. What was it like to... I remember kind of watching, or not really watching, but remembering this all take place. What was it like for you to break through and finally win the two-mile state championship? <laughs> well, thank you, first of all. Um, yeah, that was... Definitely one of like those things where you're like, it's my wildest dream. Never would have expected it. And obviously, you got to believe in it still. You're just, and it's just like going in with the support of the community. I mean, everyone's always so supportive when at our school and everything going into those things. So I think that was pretty motivating in the race, just remembering how much support I had. But it was definitely surreal. And I was on top of the world. Still, still one of those great moments. <laughs> Didn't you have, like, an injury or something the year before? Yeah, so the year before, I had had a stress fracture in my tibia, and so it had been, I tried to get back racing, but I was as injured for the whole track season, so it was pretty disappointing. So it was kind of like a comeback, to come, comeback story to come back and win the championship. Sure, yeah. <laughs> what made you want to go to Michigan? Well, growing up, um, we were always Michigan fans. So, like, we would go to football games, and I just remember being at the football games and watching on the big screen they would have highlight reels from Michigan athletics. And growing up, I was always like, oh, my gosh, I want to be I want to be that person on that highlight reel. So that was definitely inspiring. And, like, I went to Michigan State cross-country camps. So, like, just doing that made me want to be in the Big Ten like racing for a Big Ten school, but always my heart was with University of Michigan, and after meeting the coach, I was like, yeah, this is where I want to be. While you were there, you were a part of three championship teams. What were those experiences like? Once again, it's pretty surreal to be part of anything that's like a championship team. I think in that moment, all everyone really sees is just how great you are in that moment, but just like none of those seasons, realizing none of those seasons were perfect, you know, like we all had to overcome, there were injuries, there were setbacks, 
that it was like the whole process, being a part of that whole process made it so much more special because you know what you overcame as a team to get to that point. And so the celebration afterwards of when you're chanting, like, it's great to be a Michigan Wolverine, it just makes, it puts the bow on the package. And the team is just really what makes it so. Okay. So I would say, yeah, it was just definitely something you can't describe unless you've, like, lived the whole thing. That makes sense. I'd agree with that. Okay. (laughs) I was like, it's hard to describe, but... What has been your favorite distance to run? So, I definitely enjoy long distance. I enjoy the, like, long, slow grind. I think it's pretty fulfilling. I don't know. What about you? Are you a long or a short distance? Mid-distance? I definitely like my mid-distance races on the track. For sure. Okay. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I've definitely with training like through college and stuff, the 5K, 10K isn't so bad. Even the half, I, I don't know. I've thought about getting into longer distances like the marathon and stuff, just haven't got there yet. But it's definitely more appealing now after going through all the training in college and stuff than it was when I was in high school. Yeah. I just... Oh my God, the guys cross country races, like those 8 and 10K races, those are brutal. Those are hard to watch. I just don't know how. That's maybe not the distance I'd want to do for cross country. (laughs) (laughs) It takes a while to try to figure that distance out. It's completely different than a 5K. What was your favorite race or race distance that you had either in high school or college? Like specific race? If I had to, like. Yeah, if you had to pick. Yeah. Okay. I would definitely say, so this past year, we, in the cross-country season, we went to Terre Haute, Indiana a couple times, Mm -hmm. and the first time, it was not a good race. It was because I found out very quickly, the course is largely uphill, and it's it's pretty tough. It's definitely one of the tougher courses I've run, but then the second time we went, it was, we ran a 6K, and I would say it's definitely my favorite race ever just because there was four or five Michigan girls running in a pack in the front and it felt almost like a workout like one of those really hard workouts where you're like we're in this together we're getting through this together and you can just hear the announcers being like University of Michigan girls putting on a clinic on team running and it's just like yeah this is what we trained for like it all came together in that one race and I think that doesn't happen a lot but it it's still special when it does. Yeah, I've had a few races like that. I know what you mean. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, where it just comes together and you're like, wow, if only every race could be like that. <laughs> now, you studied kinesiology, correct? Yeah. Okay, why did you decide to do that? Like, what made you so choose my... kinesiology? Yeah, no, that makes sense because I want to be a doctor. And so I guess you could, there's definitely a lot of paths to become a doctor. So, like, specifically kinesiology. I thought was important just because I thought I would really enjoy it because I am an athlete and so it it teaches you a lot about the body and movement so for me I thought this will be the most enjoyable path to becoming a doctor and fulfilling all my prereq. I was going to say kind of follow-up question to that that probably does that that help you at all when you're in your running and training like knowing how the body moves and stuff like that did that like okay maybe I'm hurting here or I know I can do something different 
with my training? Did that help at all? So I'm definitely someone that prescribes more to just like the psychology of running is more important just because like just listening to your body, I feel like your body tells you everything you need to know to become successful. Like, you know, when you're tired, you definitely feel that it's just like listening to that and knowing when to push, like understanding your body signal for this is I'm tired, painful versus this is I'm about to get hurt, painful. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think what kinesiology provided was an understanding of like the mechanics or like reasons for doing certain workouts. For example, like an anaerobic workout where you're, you're really using different muscle, like different energy sources than you would doing an aerobic workout. So it was just nice to understand different parts of running or like the mechanics of forefoot versus like running on your toes versus heel striking when you're running and just like where those different strikes might cause injuries in different locations just because of where that, like, force is being transmitted. Yeah, I got you. Like, I know, like, when I was in high school, I took anatomy, and so I don't know it all, but, like, during, when I would, after taking anatomy, I know a little bit, so, like, when I'm injured, it's just easier. Like, you understand your pain or your injuries more because you have, like, that background knowledge of, like, okay, this is this, and this does that. So I was just curious to see if it... Yeah, when you say that, that makes so much sense, though, like, because in college, when we would have an injury, we'd go to our trainers, and it's so much easier to say, like, this is what hurts versus, I feel it in this area. Yeah. So, like, just having that knowledge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I actually saw this on your Facebook page, but I saw that you were asked or chosen to be the speaker at the student-athlete graduation at the University of Michigan. What was that honor like? Well, that was, like, kind of a funny story because I wasn't even, I didn't even know, I wasn't aware that I was, like, selected. They had just kind of sent out an email, like, generically to all the student-athletes, like, you can create a three-minute video to send out to your classmates kind of as, like, a good luck or here's some recommendations or, like, you could even do a graduation speech kind of thing. So I wasn't even sure when I submitted my videos for graduation so, like, then I didn't realize until they sent out the email containing the video that it was selected. That was pretty surprising, first of all. But it was also an honor just knowing that, like, this experience actually happened. Like, the five years at University of Michigan, like, they actually happened. I could look back on that video and know they're not just, like, memories I made up. And, like, the impact that my experience, that those experiences had on me, like, possibly had an impact on other people just because like I was chosen for this speech so I feel like had to have a meaning somehow you know yeah Um, it's definitely an honor I have one last question for you what are what are your plans going forward now this can be in general in running both whatever you want yeah okay so I'm moving to Maryland I'm actually going to be working at the NIH doing some research and I'm also hoping to join a running club and try a couple marathons, you know, hoping to qualify for New York or Boston. That's super cool. (laughs) So that's the plan. Definitely running is always part of the now. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Once again, we'd like to thank Kayla Keene for her time and availability. 
to join our podcast and willingness to sit down and go and go through the interview process with us. I knew of Kayla from being in Northern Michigan, like I said, going to a rival high school. I hadn't really talked to her too much, but it was nice to kind of sit down and finally talk to her and get to know her a little bit better. So we had a nice conversation and we wish her all the best going forward, moving out to Maryland, and hopefully we'll see her running in some marathons here in the future, maybe get her back on if she runs one of those in the future. She can tell us about our experience with that as well. We'll move into our conclusion or our cool down session of our podcast. Cool little story that I saw on FlowTrack, their Facebook page here this last week. The University of North Carolina, one of their coaches, Dylan Sorensen, ran a 437 mile on the track while dribbling a basketball for his 30th birthday. Now this was not only a special feat, it broke the world record in this event. His lap times were 68, 71, 70, and 68 seconds apiece to conclude that 437 mile. So not only is 437 really flying, he did it while dribbling a basketball. Props to you, Dylan Sorensen, and just a kind of cool story to add in here to our podcast and change it up a little bit during our podcast episodes. That'll move us into our golden rules, our 25 golden rules brought to us by Running World on their webpage. They have them listed. You can go check them out or just continue to sit here and listen to me talk about them each week. The eighth rule that they list is the heads beats tails rule. It says the rule states a headwind always slows you down more than a tailwind speeds you up. So expect to run slower on windy days. Disregard the watch on really windy days because the headwind costs you 15 to 20 seconds a mile. And and you only get a portion of that back after you turn around, says Monte Williams, a longtime runner in Amarillo, Texas. America's windiest city. The key is to monitor your effort, not your pace. Start against the wind so it's at your back in the second half. The only exception to this rule, one point-to-point runs with the wind at your back, you'll fly along faster than usual. So that's saying if you start somewhere and you don't turn around, you just run straight to that point and stop. Totally agree with this one. Living in northern lower Michigan, we have quite a few lakes, so we get quite a bit of wind. And it seems like this spring, the wind has been absolutely ridiculous almost every day. It's very frustrating for me uh, when we get 18, 19 mile an hour winds. You feel good on the way out. And unfortunately for me, the route I take, usually the wind's at my back going out and at my face on the way back. And you're usually tired in your second half of your run more than you are when you start, so I'm battling the wind, and definitely when I'm battling the wind, I really look at my splits, which Monte here says not to, but then it just mentally starts wearing me down, because I see my time dropping, I know I'm working harder than my time, and I want to run faster, but the wind, it mentally messes with me, and I'm over wind, let me tell you that. I can't agree with this rule anymore, though. No matter how hard you push, That wind's going to slow you down once you start heading into it. So maybe you have to take up that that advice. I don't know if I'll ever run without a watch. I mean, I do run without a watch, but even if I'm running against time or something, I know I'm still looking at my pace. It's just subconscious for me 
to check out what pace I'm running at. I try to keep myself on a good pace. And when I start, you know, if I'm running 720 pace, but then I turn into the wind, I'm running 8-minute pace. And I know mentally for me, I don't like running 8-minute pace or slower until it just gets to me. And that usually ruins the rest of my run because I'm frustrated about how slow I'm running. But in reality, it's just because of the wind. But when you have wind quite a few days in a row, it really starts to mess with you. Alright, we'll get on with the negativity. We'll move on to our training tips for the two-mile. If you've been following the podcast, we've selected distances for the last two months. Give you a few tips to try to help improve your times in those distances. We're continuing in the month of May with the two-mile. Found some kind of points to help lead my conversation. The first tip is to find a track. Now, they say this, and I kind of get the point, and I think it's a good point. When you're training, you want to have a baseline to know where you're at so that way you can improve. You don't know, you know, you got to have goals in order to get somewhere. And if you have a baseline, that can kind of help you set reasonable goals. So instead of find a track, time yourself, get that baseline, and then adjust your goals and your training by that. And I think that's a really good point. You need a good baseline to help you set yourself up for successful training. And the other thing they kind of mention is your form. I know we mentioned this with the mile. Form is always important no matter what distance you run. They talked about heel striking more, which is always important if you're... Most runners know what heel striking is. If you don't know what it is, when your foot hits the ground, you should be landing on the middle to the toes of your foot, to the front of your foot. If your heel is hitting first, you're actually slowing yourself down and making yourself work more. You want to be landing on that midfoot to the forefront of your foot. That way it's going to push and keep your momentum. Your heel slows you down. So you want to make sure that you land on that front part of your foot. It will help speed you up. Make it not as much work to keep your momentum going and your pace going. Final little part of that is good form. Also entails keeping your torso and your chin up. So Number one thing, we always talk about it, doing an ab routine after your workout is always a good idea. Having a good core keeps you strong, keep you upright, keep you pushing forward and doing well. Chin up. I personally, I look right probably three, four feet ahead of me on the ground. I'm not one to look up very much, but it's always good to keep your head up, look where you're going, and it'll help you push you along as well. Once again, before we head out, we're just going to hit our social media once again. it's We're on Instagram at Believe in the Long Run. We're on Twitter at The Long Run 5. Be sure to like and share our posts. Don't be afraid to comment any questions, concerns, or suggestions. Maybe you want to hear something on the podcast that we can talk about or you have an idea for us to talk about on the podcast. Or maybe you have a guest that you think would be a good fit to our podcast don't be afraid to comment or direct message us or however you feel possible you want to do it reach out to us let's get some fan interaction going and if you enjoyed this episode and want to share it or replay it or listen to our other now 12 episodes you can all find them all on the common podcast platforms such as google play apple itunes spotify stitcher And, of course, our host, Believe.com. 
Going to head out to do another workout here later today, so we'll catch you later next week. Thank you for listening. Stay safe, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.